Welcome to another episode of 14 Reasons Why. This is our last, our third and final installment of the Very Interesting Tag Team. Um, right now we're going to talk about Ruth and Boaz, uh, which a lot of, especially young women, seem to hear a lot about um, in the church. Wait for your Boaz, girl. Wait for your Boaz. He's coming. He's going to see you. Um, but we'll see what this story is all about because, honestly, I don't know if I've really read this full story like that. Start at two. Okay. Chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter three. Would you like me to start? Yes. Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, shouldn't I find security for you so that you will be taken care of? Now isn't Boaz our relative? Haven't you been working with his female servants? This evening, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let the men know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying. Go in and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will explain to you what you should do. Pause. All right, so let's go ahead and think about that here. Right here we have Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi. Mm. And we did not go previous so whether this is his mother her mother-in-law future her mother-in-law that we have now we're not talking about that but she is taking some instruction from her mother-in-law so this to me this kind of talks about the importance of wise counsel because mm-hmm. um, she's giving instruction and as we go on it talks about um, how she literally did what she was supposed to do um, it also says wash put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes then go down to the threshing floor. So, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. So my thing is, and that was verse three. So she was told, clean yourself up, get get cute. Mm-hmm. So that way, Boaz could notice her. Mm-hmm. Don't go down and disturb him while he doing all that extra, while he doing what he's supposed to be doing. You go down there, you be discreet. And then you get noticed once he's, you know what I'm saying, not distracted. He will notice you because at that point you want him to have all of it. So the thing is, she was prepping herself so that way Boaz could find her. So, yes, I know early on about, I believe it was part one when we were talking about don't change who you want to change yourself. But you should still upkeep yourself. Mm. Like, take care of your body. As we were just talking about um, in the previous part about, you know, how to take care of our body, feeding it and taking care of it. Make sure you're upkeeping yourself so that way maybe you can get noticed. Don't change who you are, but be your best you. I think what's funny is like, for example, Aaron's very much into grooming himself. So just like he said, or just like in the word earlier that we read, um, the man is supposed to treat you like he might treat his own body. So if I'm looking sloppy, that's a representation of him and a representation of us as a couple. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, making sure that you go out and present your best self, you know, and even I liked the way it was unassuming. Like it wasn't like she went out and was loud and boisterous and all up in his face or anything. She wasn't on Instagram taking all the pictures so we could see him at the right angle or whatever. She was subtle. She was there. She was present. I think the biggest thing too is, you know, just being in the right place at the right time too. And one of the things you talk about, one of the things that was mentioned was wise counsel. And I'm going to read a little bit of what my Bible says on that a little bit. And it was saying, um, it was not clear whether Naomi was following a, a marriage custom of her time when she told Ruth to lie down secretly at 
Boaz's feet in the middle of the night. She does, however, appear to be applying a variation of the law by which a surviving brother was to marry his deceased brother's wife who had no children in order to beget a son to continue his deceased brother's family line. And I think um, that I think I think wise counsel has everything to do with more morals. Mm -hmm. Um, It has everything to do with the intention of that person. Um, if you don't know the intention of the person, it doesn't matter if it's young or old, you know, you could have your, your, mo- your future mother-in-law or you could have your, your good friend or, you know, maybe someone you don't really know, but you have to use your discernment and you have to use your understanding of the word and of love and just really match it up against that. What they're saying is true. I think you're touching. I think that is the wise of the wise counsel. You can't listen to everybody. Mm-mm. Like if I say, I don't know, are you the way you got your place set up is a mess. <laughs> you the one that's in interior design, so you would know, you know what I'm saying, how certain things should be placed and how they should be this, whatever. I don't know none of those terms you went to school for. I didn't. But you see what I'm saying? It's more so about you know what I'm saying? You have to take it from, it has to come from a wise place. Someone would be more so knowledgeable in that area that they're trying to advise you on. Right. So, it's like, Naomi, she had to have been someone that she, that Ruth was able to listen to. This is a very popular story in the Bible that people talk about. Girl, you gotta find your Boaz, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, or wait for your Boaz. There you go. Mm-hmm. Wait for your Boaz, he'll find you. Wait for your Boaz. So, it's also like, you do have to kind of decipher who should I listen to because you shouldn't listen to everybody. Everybody is not, you know what I'm saying? Everyone hasn't gone through things that you've gone through and everyone is not, does not always have your best interest at heart. Hmm. And I will say one thing too, and I will I will say as a disclaimer too, is you said, just like I said, wait for your Boaz. And at the end of the day, what I also believe is that she was in the right place at the right time. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Like she she listened and she heard the wise counsel and she was where she needed to be. So it's one thing to say wait for your Boaz, but if you're up in the club, you know, every weekend, I don't, I don't think your Boaz is there. <laughs> you know you can't make it to church in the morning, but your Boaz was in the front row and you could have been in the front row with him. But that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like it just really has to do with using your sense, using your common sense and being where you need to be. And again, that wise counsel, having people around you who you can trust to give you the right idea. You know, when your girl's like, Oh, that man's fine, but she has no idea of his character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's you know, it can be a hot mess. I mean, I also think that goes back to what we were saying previously is like doing what you're supposed to do on your daily task. Like when we're speaking on the Proverbs 31 woman, she was doing what she had to do. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's more so do those things so that way you'll be there at the right place at the right time. God will really, you know, he will have it there. He will have whatever you need for you that ordained time in that, you know, he, God already knows that God is the creator of time. So things already work by our time. It works by God's time. And so if we're on our jobs, you know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Honey, we could be at the gas station looking a mess. And he'd be like, oh my God, my wife. <laughs> Why are you going to be like, African? <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how, that's how it is. I've seen, I've, I've met people, but I've also heard plenty of stories. Mm-hmm. And where they're like, people have been at like a random basketball game. and was like, that's my wife over there. Three, four, maybe two years later. Mm-hmm. Snatch them up when you know you know, and it's like it's. I mean, it's like it's the right time a lot of times. So you're right about. I I definitely do agree with that. 
Right, right, right. So then the next thing was, so Ruth said to her, I will do everything you said. She went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law had instructed her. After Boaz ate, drank, and was in good spirits, he went to lie down at the end of the pile of barley. Then she went in secretly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. At midnight, Boaz was startled, turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. So he asked, who are you? I am Ruth, your slave, she, she replied. Spread your cloak over me, for you are a family redeemer. So... Let's rewind. So number one, when it said that Ruth went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do, Ruth actually listened to the wise counsel. So you can't get wise counsel and not listen. You'd be short. Mm-hmm. You'd be without. Um, so it said she went and lied down. Um, she uncovered his feet and she laid down. That's uh, verse 7. The thing is, there are biblical debates about what they were doing, what she was cleaning his feet, did she get in bed with the men, you know, they smash. We don't necessarily know. People interpret it in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But it's like she did what she was supposed to do. And whether she did lay down or whether she did, we could say she cleaned his feet. Which is that a level of respect. If we think about yeah. it, Jesus cleaned people's feet. Exactly. People clean Jesus' feet with their own hair, you know, it's just yeah. a level of, of of cleansing and holiness and, you know, being on holy ground. Exactly. But it's like if she did go to his feet, she covered his feet and then they then they you know what I'm saying, they got busy. Girl, she started from the bottom up. She she was working. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Then he said, May the Lord bless you, my daughter. You have shown more kindness now than before because you have not pursued younger men whether rich or poor now don't be afraid my daughter i will do for you whatever you say since all the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character proverbs 31 Mm -hmm. yes it is true that i am a family redeemer but there is a redeemer closer than i am stay here tonight and in the morning if he wants to redeem you that's good let him redeem you but if he does not want to redeem you as the lord lives i will now lie down until morning so my thing is he allowed her to rest um as it did talk about how she's a noble character and that was the title of the proverbs 31 it was mm-hmm. interesting that they used that same verbiage but also to me what that last what those last few verses were saying is how he was going to protect her he said he was going to do what she asked and pretty much stay here and it was like in the morning if he wants to do your duty for your guardian redeemer go forth but if not he'll redeem her so it's like he was protecting her. Mm-hmm. There's a certain level of protection that a woman should feel from her husband and that honestly a husband should want and should do. That's To me, that's a part of a husbandly duty. If I'm not feeling a sense of protection via my significant other, husband, boyfriend, whoever, I don't need to be with you. Like, I will say, like, the person that I'm with now, like, I, I'm not, I don't feel in any sort of fear whether we're together like out, whether we're out or we're just chilling or whatever i feel safe with with darren mm-hmm. it's a sense it's just a sense of he knows who he is but i also know that if anything is happening darren is still going to be there to protect me you know mm-hmm. 
And it's and it's the funny thing about it too is it's not just physically it's mentally yeah um, for because sure. not only did he recognize her for who she was she she he said to her she was a noble noble woman mm-hmm. and that people know that but he pr- protected her character not just her body you know what I'm saying like so while anything could have been said about the night that they spent together for him it would have been it wouldn't have been that big a deal he's just a man you know she he fell for her wiles and whatnot um, but he chose to protect her which we were talking about that earlier a little bit in just the fact that it's like if a man was to say oh I I banged her I was with her I you know doing whatever manner of inappropriate thing or letting even letting your friends think that um you were doing something nasty you know what I'm saying and and that you were some type other type of girl um that's like telling a man oh you got a little penis you know what I'm saying that's like putting your business out there and saying that you're less than or something like that um, one thing I do appreciate, I think when Aaron and I were first together, when we first met, I mean, we, I was over his dorm all the time. Like I practically lived there, but I don't think that he allowed people to see me as some hoe, yeah. you know, coming in and out. They liked to think whatever they liked to think, but we never said that that's what we were doing. And I don't, I don't believe that it was in his character to go back and be like, yeah, dog, I hit that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's something that I really do appreciate, but yeah. And so, and I think that's great. And so the thing is, it's like people also about like, yeah, girl, your boy also finds you in the next chapter. Because we were just at the end of chapter three. In Ruth chapter four, they got married. Mm. So, girl, if you do what you're supposed to do, okay, like your mother tell you, go ahead and do all of that good stuff. Put your lipstick on. If she say put the lipstick on, because we... Mother knows. Mother knows. Girl. Actually, I think, I think co-pastor Jackie actually preached on this and it was called Mother Knows. That's so, like I remember it, I think it was last year. They do some good relationship series at Have Life Church. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anybody ever wants to visit there, but absolutely they are very welcoming <laughs> and a great family to be a part of. Um, all them doggone hugs. Yeah, a lot of hugs. Be prepared for at least seven hugs. At least. About ten. About ten. Really fifteen. <laughs> but it's all out of love, honestly, and a lot of appreciation to them as I've been in Charlotte, what, two years-ish? And so, um, a little over two years. Yeah. Um, and they've just really been a great family for me, a great growth experience, especially the relationship series and things like that, so... Just want to shout out to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she probably did a great sermon on that. Um, the relationship series is one of my faves. And um, it is hard. It's funny because I feel like this is a story that I haven't read myself. I've heard people talk about it, but I haven't really sat down and read the whole chapter. And it's not even that long. What is it? Four chapters. Uh, it's like two pages. Um, so it's really something that I think everybody could benefit from listening to or, or reading or whatever they do to get information into themselves. Um, but I, again, like you were saying, like, um, she followed the direction she was with wise counsel. She listened, but not only that, of course, like we were saying, like people always say, Oh, Boaz will find you. No, she was in the right position. He he wouldn't have found her if she hadn't been there, if she hadn't been where she needed to be. And granted, while it might not always seem like the ideal situation, it might not always seem like the perfect... Because I will say, even Aaron and our relationship did not start out 
entirely pure. I would say we weren't like sexually active at all, but we definitely, I mean, I shouldn't have been at his dorm like I was, you know, I shouldn't have been in the situations that I was, but I would say this definitely sort of reminds me of this story in a way that anybody could say anything they wanted about that relationship, but as it came out, it came out pure and it came out stronger and they married, you know? Yeah, but that just kind of goes back to how in Ephesians 5, he made her holy again, or he cleansed her and washed her. He didn't let the people think of her like mm-hmm. she was crazy. He, present, he presented her to the world as if nothing had ever happened and that she was still great. Because the, the thing is, before something did happen, you know, Adam and Eve were chilling like nothing was, you know, so like nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Then sin came. So it's like we have to sit here and it's like they were washing away of the sin that had happened previously. So like he's presenting you as if there has not even been any sin yet in mm. this world. Okay. And we're into you type of thing. Right. I totally agree with that. I love it. I love it. Um, so the next thing that happened is so she lay down at his feet until morning, but got up while it was still dark. Then Boaz said, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. And he told Ruth, bring the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. When she held it out, he shoveled six measures of barley into her shawl and she went into town. She went to her mother-in-law, Naomi, who asked her, how did it go, my daughter? When Ruth, when Ruth told her everything the man had done for her, she said, he gave me these six measures of barley because he said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Naomi said, my daughter, wait until you find out how things go, for he won't rest unless he resolves this day. So, let's see. This, I guess this is what it says. This passage is significant in the larger scope of the biblical narrative. It presents the ancestry of David, of David, which became also the earthly ancestry of Jesus Christ. So even in this story where it doesn't seem like perfect and it doesn't seem the way the world might want you to have your relationship and the type of purity that the world wanted, something good still came out of it. And yes. a child was born like And the thing is, like, do you know what a threshing floor is? I think it's just, isn't that where they're like separating the parts of the barley? Yes. So that's the thing. So I didn't know. That's why I just had to Google it. So the thing is, no, you're not supposed to have no woman. That's why he was saying, like, don't let it be known that there's a woman down here. Like, he was protecting her because she really wasn't supposed to be down there. That's mm. man work. <laughs> that's something that the men were that was that the men were doing. So he probably mm. was on his lunch break. Mm. It was time. It was on his dinner break, girl. He had to go lay down, and girl, his wife came with the cut on through. <laughs> now I think it's kind of I think that the other important thing was his acceptance because I could have strutted and walked in front of Aaron all day but if he had never realized who I was to him would not be having the same conversation today to yeah. be honest you know at the end of the day it took that level of openness to to God and to his purpose and to um just what his future could hold and all of that in order for him to say yes in this moment you know it's I only have a moment to to accept this or not you know what I mean like at the end of the day 
he could have been like, woman, get out of here. You know what I mean? You're not, you don't belong here. Um, but he definitely, you know, just took the time to think real fast. He woke up, you know, in a blur, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But he also took the time to recognize who she was before anything. He didn't go, oh my gosh, a whore. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't call her anything. He didn't assume anything about her. He asked her who she was first. And, you know, after realizing who she was, realized his responsibility to her. So I think that that's the other cool thing, too, is, you know, he didn't go out there and, and, and name somebody, you know, because that's what people do, too. You know, they'll assume something about somebody. And that's one thing I did fear about my relationship currently was, does he just assume I'm always happy? Does he just assume that I'm always just laughing and giggling and having fun? Does he assume that? I'm pure in ways that I'm not does he assume you know things that 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 I am or that I'm not you know or does he ask me does he listen does he does he actively um seek to understand me yeah so and I think that that's a really big deal is that he didn't just assume yeah he accepted her the way that she was Mm mm-hmm and I also like that, um, you know, just even as he continued with the story, like he's, like we were saying, that he continued to keep her character. So he didn't try to change her either. That's one thing I find that in a lot of relationships, it doesn't matter if you're the man or the, or the woman, you know, you're trying to change your partner. You know, he knew what her character was. And in order not to taint that, he did what he could to not taint it. He didn't try to diminish it. He didn't... Um, do any of that. So I really think I appreciate that also about the Boaz. Um, but the next part says Boaz. So this is like the part where they actually marry. So it's Boaz went to the gate out of the town and sat down there. Soon the family redeemer Boaz had spoken about came by. Boaz called him by name and said, come over here and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Then Boaz took 10 men out of the town's elders and said, sit here. And they sat down. He said to the redeemer, Naomi, who has returned from the land of Moab, is selling a piece of land that belongs to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should inform you. Buy it back in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you want to redeem it, do so. But if you do not want to redeem it, tell me so that I will know because there isn't anyone other than you to redeem it and I am next after you. I want to redeem it, he answered. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the deceased man, to perpetuate the man's name on his property. The redeemer replied, I can't redeem it myself or I will ruin my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption because I can't redeem it. At an earlier period in Israel, a man removed his sandals and gave it to another party, to the other party in order to make any matter legally binding concerning the right of redemption or exchanging a property. This was the method legally binding a transaction in Israel. So the redeemer removed his sandal and said to Boaz, buy back the property yourself. So I, I do want to mention that I, I read a little bit earlier, but um, redeemer, like family redeemer is basically like, I guess because um, Ruth was a widow and her husband could no longer obviously bear children. This man or the next man, which was supposed to be a brother of 
like her brother-in-law basically um, was supposed to carry on the line carry on the name because names mean a lot I guess biblically and just in general I feel like you know people take you know their last name seriously but basically that's what this story was about so this other man didn't want the responsibility of the land and the woman he was gonna have to take care of but Boaz kept his promise and even went so far as to gather the right people so he didn't do this in 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 secrecy he didn't do this in any type of way where it's like sneaky or anything like that um he really sort of went the right route because he knew that he was going to get his women woman the right way yeah exactly um and you know that was the only way that that was really going to be a pure and good relationship and that's the trust thing too he did what he said he would do so that's the trust thing on top of the fact that he was doing it honorably if you had a husband or whatever you just knew that he did some shady stuff and you're sitting here like can i trust him you know what i mean it's kind of hard to trust a man where you know he has some sneaky stuff he does on the side whether it's to get money whether it's to provide for the family or whatever it's like you have to feel like you can trust what they're doing yeah um the thing is i feel like but that's that kind of goes back to being worthy of like trust or being worthy of this such honorable woman you know mm-hmm. that is very true um so yeah so and and even that the fact that he gave the man the opportunity obviously to to make things right he didn't want to take the opportunity so boaz took the opportunity um and i think that that's a beautiful thing that you should go through all of that to get what you want to that shows like a commitment you know what I'm saying? Like, all the time that it took to gather all these people, to have this conversation, and all that. I imagine just in this couple of chap, just this one chapter probably took a little while. It wasn't like a pure and simple conversation, you know? And so, he took the time out of his day, out of his work, to make sure that this relationship started off on the, wrong, on the right foot, had a good foundation. I think that's really, really important, really good. Um... And then it says, Boaz says to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses today that I am buying from Naomi everything that belonged to Elimelech, <laughs> Chilion, and Malon. I will also require Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife to perpetuate the deceased man's name on this property so that his name will not disappear among his relatives or the gate of his home. You are witnesses today. So I think that's beautiful. I think the symbolism of family is just beautiful. To be able to say that you carried on this line of people who are worthy to be carried on, who are yeah. worthy to um, have their traits and their character and the fruits of their spirits continue on through another group of people, I think is a really big deal. And um, I think that just this almost like how he did this whole ceremony it's it's almost like that marriage ceremony where you're taking on all of the burdens of your partner like she's burdened with this land and with the fact that she hasn't had any children for you know this family and whatnot she's burdened with those facts but at the end of the day he's taking on those burdens and making sure that she can fulfill what she feels is probably her purpose in life yeah Mm. Cause it's a thing. It's a lot. 
like just life in general is just a lot just a lot you're expected to to do a lot and to achieve a lot but i think it's really cool that you're supposed to have somebody who can help partner with you on that it's a lot but it's a lot less when you got two people carrying the load when you got three persons carrying the load you got you him god you know what i'm saying carrying that load of responsibility and uh perpetuating the family perpetuating the goodness of god because you're because we're the light you know and we show that and we're supposed to show that through our relationships and things like that so i think that that's just a good example of, of love and of um future of what it should be um and it said i'll skip a little forward and as they get married, it says, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he was intimate with her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and gave birth to a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, praise the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you, daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. And I thought that was just beautiful, too, because this relationship didn't just affect Ruth and Boaz. I think one of the earlier things that I was talking to you about was um, in an article, it was saying that, you know, we choose as millennials to try to be like a light and an example for others um, in relationship. While in some ways it's misguided and in some ways, you know, the methods are misguided in today's day and age in this um in this example i think it shows that it's good that you there's a healthy way for you to be able to show your relationship and to be able to be an example um and to be healthy with someone and therefore penetrate into your family life into you know your past family you know whether it be your parents your grandparents whatever you know maybe close relatives who haven't until this point understood what love really was yeah so. i think that's good because i know a lot of times like even the oldest like you were saying like people just kind of got married and that was their life and it was like it was no not necessarily a lot of, sometimes it wasn't to the, to the regard of what was best for them and their like because now i'm Mo like mental health is a big thing and like what's good for you mentally is a thing but before it was like i don't like you like you like me let's get ready to have all these babies mm -hmm. and it's like it's good to kind of go through that to know that i don't know for me i think that just kind of plays into like how it is good to know that someone still will accept you and to be healthy for you you know and mm -hmm. will show you that kind of love yeah, I can totally agree with that. I will say, you know, bringing it back to a lot of the topics that we've talked about so far is that um, it's more than just procreation. Like, I feel like the story, it speaks of procreation, and I feel like that's where a lot of people get messed up. I feel like that's where that gender divide of, like, the 50s was. You know, you're a man, I'm a woman, and all this different stuff, and you have your things that you do, you, I have the, my things that we do. But they came together, and they saved the family with their various talents. <laughs> they came together and they um, created a line that would eventually lead to Jesus Christ or, you know, um, allegedly lead to, lead to Jesus, you know, through genealogy. So I think that at the end of the day, love rules. 
and I think the whole purpose of you know these last couple of episodes have just been about how love rules and how we should um, seek it and where we can find it. And I just think that um, fortunately I've been able to find that not just in you know um, a significant other, but I've been able to find it with friends. Like obviously we could sit here and talk. We've been here for. A little while talking so um but you know you can't always trust everybody like that you can't always trust their opinions like that you can't always um trust that their heart's in the right place um but I mean like like we talked about even earlier you know it does start at the friendship level anyway yeah so I'm glad that you know we have those examples to be able to to measure up against um and I hope that this world can really benefit from benefit from that um, I feel like a lot of people are missing the core of love and how it feels. You know, you're all seeking validation. That's not the same as love. So. Mm, yeah, because in like we talked about earlier for the Proverbs 31 woman, she didn't need to be validated. Mm-hmm. But she was because of all that she was doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um. So, you know, some key points that I would say that I've learned from this is just to have a solid foundation of love and honor. Um, You know, woman, honor your husband and husband, love your wife. And I've heard that so many times, but since we've had this discussion, I feel like it's been more and more revealed that in everything there was a level like the, even in this story, Ruth honored this man, and I think she meant to honor him by you know uncovering his feet or something like that. Um, by by laying at his feet alone was to honor him. To girl, not feet are nasty, girl. Yes, um, to lay at his feet in 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 be named as his slave. She said, "I am Ruth, your slave." You know what I'm saying? To to completely submit yourself to someone like that is is complete honor. Yeah. And trust somebody like that is complete honor. But on the other end, he loved her by doing as he said he was gonna do. He loved her by completing the journey. Like he could have said one thing and got halfway through it and been like, ah, it's too hard. Ah, it's too much work. Oh, this man said that he does want the land. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't ask him if he also wants Ruth. Yeah. You know, just assume. Um, but none of that was done. He did. He he carried all the way through, you know, and um, even to the end of helping her to conceive, helping her to, to fulfill what her journey was, which was to have a son in order to be a part of this line. Um, so I think that shows love. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we talked about during this whole discussion that can definitely be brought up, that can definitely be talked about in other um, episodes, but thank you for joining me. Was there anything else that you wanted to add as we close out? Nope. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Lexi. It was great to have you, and um, I hope you all out there really enjoyed this episode. And now we close. Thank you. Bye.